Hello, this is Scott Luther, and I want to thank you for tuning in to this month's episode of the South Richfield Podcast. This month, Matt and I are doing something a little different. We are releasing a special two-part episode looking back at an event that shook Richfield to its very core. Part one is being released now, while part two will be out in about a week. With no further ado, here is part one of South Richfield Presents Tragedy in Richfield. Hey everybody, welcome to the South Richfield Podcast. I'm here tonight with Matt Coma. He's live in Richfield with me. That's right. What are you doing in town? I figured I might just swing by and see yeah. what's going on. Well, thanks for stopping over. Yeah, well, the lights were on, so I said, oh, I'll stop in. <laughs> this 10 o'clock at night. Well. But, <laughs> I mean, we couldn't give up our regular uh, time for doing these podcasts. That is strange. I'm in town, and we had great plans to get together, and there's, there's wild dogs loose. <laughs> there's packs of dogs. We had great plans to get together and do this at a, a decent hour, but, <laughs> but we got chased by wild dogs all day long, but it just didn't work out, and here we are back again at our normal time. I don't know what he's barking at, so I apologize. This reminds me of, like, I'm on conference calls a lot with people um, at work, and you'll hear dogs barking in the background, and they're always apologizing for their dog. Oh, the mailman just showed up or something. Or, or oh, their UPS man is here. <laughs> and you hear these dogs all the time during these business calls because people work from home a lot now. Mm-hmm. I think it's because the modern office has evolved. I don't know if you have that at Lucas County, uh, whatever. What is it? Just Lucas County? Lucas County Public Works. Public Works? Lucas County Dog Warden. <laughs> <laughs> he works from his truck. Yeah. Well, I know we we teased this a little our last episode, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we're going to take you back 137 years. Let's go back 138 years, though. All right. To start to start this tale that we're going to talk about today here in Richfield, a little Richfield history involving star-crossed lovers who had never met. <laughs> And when they didn't meet, it's like, it, eh. Eh, maybe this wasn't such a good idea. Yeah. <clears throat> so, Robert Gargett, he was an English man. He was born in York- Yorkshire, England. Can you say it with a Yorkshire York- English accent? Uh, what does that one sound like? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Or to that effect, you know, I'm not a professional. He was born in England in 1800 and came to America Mm -hmm. at age 18. Mm -hmm. And then a couple years later, he he met a young lady. This was in um, Champlain, New York. So is that upstate or somewhere? I would assume it's it's near Lake Champlain, (coughs) which is in, you know, near the Adirondacks. It was in definitely in Clinton County, New York. So he met his bride, Elizabeth Perkins, and married her in 1820. And she was, she was five years younger than him, so she was fifteen years old. Yeah, he was twenty. They got married, 
And after it was a different time, Scott. It was. And you probably couldn't wait to get out of the house. <laughs> a man. They moved to Canada for a little while. Yes. And then in 1834, they settled in Richfield, Ohio. And if let me take you to where they actually lived, Matt. Okay. So imagine it's 1834. Yes. I'm I'm Robert Gargett. I'm coming in from so New that, York. That makes or, me Mrs. Actually, Robert Gargett. <laughs> Elizabeth. <laughs> and quit driving so fast. <laughs> Slow down. The roads are poor and rutted. The journey west from New York was treacherous. It was very muddy. There were no good roads, really. A lot of people came by steamer across Lake Erie. Maybe that's what they did. I don't know. That's where you get the term the Cleveland Steamer, right? <laughs> right, right. They took the canal down uh-huh. from uh, from Cleveland. Yes. And maybe they went to Peninsula and came up uh, 303, which was just a, a road. It wasn't even called 303. <laughs> It was called two. <laughs> That's how old it was. The West Road. We're going west to Richfield. And they settled on Hawkins Road between Southern and Medina Line. So they kind of had the southwest corner of Hawkins and Southern, let's say. Um, near Buck's Corners, where, where some of the first settlers of Richfield actually settled down in that southwest section by the Rocky River. How would you describe the land out there? I would describe it as green. Uh (laughs) Lots of trees at that point in time, very wooded, as all of Ohio, except for the western part, was. That was more swampy, as we've discussed, discussed, right? The Great Black Swamp. The Great Black Swamp. Shout (laughs) out. Very brackish. Yes. Well, no, it wasn't brackish. No, brackish is where salty, salty yeah, and water mixing together. I don't, I don't know my geology like you do. Well, it's, it's quite all right. How would you describe Southwest Richfield? A little, little bit of smelly. Some ha- <laughs> There's some hills. Uh, Southwest Richfield. Southwest. Yeah, it, the eastern part's more hilly because it's yeah. going down into the valley. Yeah, but you're heading down towards the Rocky River a little bit. Yeah, there. so there's so a little bit of a valley a there. Bit of, yeah, but otherwise it's pretty. I mean, there were farms there. And he he settled there and became a very prosperous farmer, known for his uh, dairy cattle. Robert Gargett Dairy. Right, mm-hmm. and you went to Lawson's and you got the milk, and there was his face, <laughs> right on the container. The most contented cows <laughs> in all of Summit County. He had he had a uh, gentle uh, hands. He had about a hundred forty acres right there on his farm lot mm-hmm. is what we've determined by looking at old maps mm-hmm. from uh, from the 1850s and 1870s. So he and Elizabeth had eight kids. Mm. God bless her. And the, the two youngest in 1870 still lived at home. There was a young daughter named Chloe, age 24, and then their youngest son, Rodney, was 22. So Mr. Gargett was 71. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Gargett was, or in 1870, he would have been 70. Mm-hmm. She would have been 65. Mm-hmm. Wait, Looking wait. at these two kids, that means uh, she had her youngest, if he's 22 and she's 65, 43 years old. 43 years old. Wow. Oh, she's a mom at 43. That's the change in life, baby. 
But they had eight babies, eight, yeah. eight kids. So who knows how young she was when she had her first? Well, she was fifteen. Well, and I don't think they had babies yet. Well, well, maybe not. But <laughs> They're probably practicing. She, yeah, but uh, so that, that age range in kids, she could have a, a child. Let's see, she was fifteen at that age, and then she was forty. That's thirty age, thirty years difference. Twenty-eight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Thirty. Yeah. Whatever. All right. Whatever. Going to be particular, Scott. That's fine. In the meantime, three of the three of the Gargat children had moved up to Elm Hall, Michigan, which mm. is like smack dab in the middle of the state. Everybody knows that. Yeah, Elm Hall. Right. You've heard of it. South of Mount Pleasant. Mount Pleasant, where Central Michigan University right. is. Near Alma. Yeah, Alma. Uh-huh. Alma, Michigan. Alma, Michigan. Elm Hall. I think there's a university there too. <laughs> Elm Hall, Alma. You know, it probably Alma. The name came from some guy who was a little bit. Toasted, and he said, "Where you live, Omaha, Omaha, Omaha." Yeah, sure. <laughs> so, th- three of the kids lived up there. Two were daughters who were married, Mrs. Mary Styles mm-hmm. and Mrs. Orpha Gee. Gee, not G. We're gonna yeah. call her Gee. Yeah, assuming it's Gee because I know uh, a family up our way named Gee. I'm assuming it's... It could be the same geese. It could be. You know, that sounds like a you know French-Canadian thing. You should find... Oh, you're probably right. Guy Gee? Yeah. Or is it Gee Guy? <laughs> guy is Guy There's Guy. a lot of Frenchmen named Guy. With the last name of Gee. Guy Gee. Yeah. <laughs> and the, then a uh, brother lived up there, James, also. His so last name was Garget, though. They're, they're all living, like, right around Elm Hall, mm-hmm. Michigan. Taking over. It's 1870, you know. Mm-hmm. Things are happening in Michigan. Finally became a state uh, earlier than that. Did you know, Matt, while we're talking about Michigan, we're, we're sitting here on Alger Road. Mm-hmm. Russell Alger, native son of Richfield, was the governor of Michigan. Get out. No, I'm not going to get out. It it's is your true. house, so <laughs> maybe you shouldn't. A, a Richfield really? boy makes good. Wow. Goes up to Michigan yeah. and becomes governor. Governor of Michigan. In the late 1870s, 1880s. Well, I think we have ourselves a future podcast. I know in guy. 1886 he was governor. Okay. Why is that? Because when the church burned down, uh-huh. our church, in 1886, he contributed money to uh, help rebuild the church. As the governor of Michigan? He As the governor of Michigan. Finally, and yeah. he's not the only person who was a governor from Richfield. What? There was a guy named Axtell. I think his first name was Samuel Axtell. Oh, I his last name was Axtell. <laughs> not like, like William like... Tell. Okay. But Axtell. He was appointed governor not once, but twice. Of? Of territories out west. Mm. Like one was New Mexico okay. and one was like uh, Utah or Colorado or something. I think it was Colorado and New Mexico. So he was appointed territorial governor by, I don't know who appoints that, if the president appoints that or Congress. But he was appointed governor, and he was from Richfield, too. So he did such a great job in New Mexico. They said, let's get him out there I think he went to Colorado first, and then they sent him to to New Mexico. Maybe they ran him out of Colorado. We'll have to do a podcast on governors from Richfield. Okay. And maybe you'll be a future Oh, perhaps you? No, I have too many skeletons in my closet. I'm not going to run for office. I, I've looked in your closet. Yeesh. <laughs> <laughs> so back to our back to our story. Okay. With uh with the Gargets. 
um, there was a young man named John Henry Hunter. Now he too was an Englishman, right? He was but from born Manchester. in Manchester, right? Not Yorkshire, no. Like in the Manchester. pudding, yeah. Manchester, like the United, United. right? <laughs> and he now, was. Can you do a Manchester accent? Oi! There you Throw go. Throw another shrimp on the bobby. <laughs> Close enough. Who's <laughs> gonna split hairs? So he was. Uh, he was born in England in uh, July of 1839. Right, and he came to America when he was 15 years old. Right, uh, and he was kind of I would describe a roving sort. He lived all over the place. He lived in Quebec or Quebec. Toronto, London, uh, Ontario, uh, Barrie, Collingwood, Guelph, St. Mary's, and then he came to Detroit, Detroit, Pontiac, Christian Islands, Carson City, and ultimately Elm Hall. Elm Hall in Michigan, and also in Hudson Peninsula, Berea, and Grafton in Ohio. Wow. So this guy got around. Yeah, and look at look at all of his occupations. He was. A store clerk. He was yep. a bookkeeper. He worked at the post office. He was a carpenter, a lumberman, a teacher of writing mm. uh, and photography. <laughs> and, and a hotel clerk, printer, laborer, oil well digger, uh, painter. So in other words, he couldn't hold a job. <laughs> he reminds me of that guy who just got evicted from his parents' house. Uh, <laughs> but... So he is in Elm Hall, Michigan in 1870, mm-hmm. in the summer. He happens to be working for Mrs. Mary Stiles, which is one of the Gargette daughters. Mm-hmm. And she happens to show him a picture of her sister, Chloe, who was still at home in Richfield with the Gargette clan. Uh, this is 1870. This is 1870. So again, Mr. Gargette now, Robert Gargette, born in England, is now 70 years old. Right. He has a 24-year-old daughter, Chloe, living with him and his wife, Elizabeth, Elizabeth in Richfield. Right. right. This John Hunter sees her picture and takes a liking to her. He says, i got to lock that down. <laughs> it, the picture pleased him. Yes. And we're getting we're getting this account from a book that Samuel A. Lane, uh, who was the ex sheriff of Summit County, mm-hmm. uh, he wrote a book about the history of Akron and Summit County that was published in like 1892. It's a very interesting book called "From 50 Years and Over of Akron and Summit County." So he was like the ex sheriff. He was like a newspaper man. He wrote for the Beacon. He might have been the editor, um, but so he wrote this book that we're getting a lot of this information from. And I've heard there's been a lot of uh, this is extremely a lot of dispute over this. That <laughs> you're getting that? No, oh, it's it's very it. this is a well told story. Oh, okay. Like the Ritual Historical Society has a talk on it. There's Summit County Historical Society's had talks on this. Mm-hmm. So this is a very so everybody is repeating everything that he's saying. Exactly. They're probably all just Googling it. Right. Let's hear about what happened in uh, Richfield in 1871. Anything interesting ever happened here? (laughs) Woo, look at this. (laughs) So he says, I would like to write to your sister. John Hunter. John Hunter says says to to Mary Mary Stiles, let me write to your sister, Chloe, and attempt to woo her. Yes. 
let's start a line of communication here because this is what you did in 1870. Mm-hmm. There was no correspondence, is what it, I believe it referred to as. Exactly. So uh, he wrote to her starting in March of 1870. Right. So the first letter from from him to her. My dear miss, through the influence of your sister, Mrs. E.F. Stiles, by my request, you have granted me the privilege of writing you a letter of introduction, which is what I guess you did Mm -hmm. back then. You wrote a letter to introduce yourself, which was indeed very friendly, accepted from a stranger. I am a young man, 25 years of age, which is kind of strange because... If it, he was born in 1839 and this is 1870, wouldn't he be like 31? Your math is right. But he is telling her... That he's 25. That he's 25. Mm-hmm. She's 24. Mm-hmm. 25 years of age, 5 foot 11 inches in height, uh, light brown hair, blue eyes, and weigh 150 pounds. Mm-hmm. Sinewy. Sinewy, because he's, he's 5'11", mm-hmm. 150 pounds. I'm well over 150 pounds myself, and I'm no, nowhere near 5'11". My, my left leg is 150 <laughs> pounds. O- occupation, a carpenter, but can take a hold of anything to make a living. I am a very healthy, robust man in general. I am not addicted to drinking or keeping bad company, for I detest all such. I am not a two-faced man, nor two-sided Neither do I want to keep company with such, for it is not my character. Your sister Mary is one of the best friends I have ever met in this country. She has acted as a mother to me (laughs) in a time of need, which I will never forget. Your sister Orpha also has been the same. If you were just such a woman as Mary, I would really venture my life to gain your affection. He's coming right out and saying what his intentions are here. You will not, I hope, keep me in suspense waiting for an answer to this letter. I remain yours with respect, John H. Hunter. So he's definitely feeling out what his, or stating what his intentions are and doing it very politely. Yes. So he was obviously an educated man, but reading this letter. Well, is this how everyone wrote at that time? Because everybody was in the practice of writing letters. Is this the common, is this any... Is this letter any more uh, educated or flowery or whatever mm-hmm. than what you and I would be writing to each other? My, if- my dearest Scott, <laughs> how I long to look into your eyes once more. No, what, I, what I, I see about this is obviously he's an educated man. I imagine that the level of education, whether it was in England or America at the time, could vary widely. There was probably not a... A, uh, a a public education system established like there is right now, but yeah, you are right. I do think back then that the 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 language is definitely elevated, uh, and I, I, that probably was common. Yes, in in at least a certain class of folk that in their correspondence they would be writing in this elevated, somewhat flowery language. Mm-hmm. And he was a teacher of writing, as we oh, discussed. That's so. true. Good point. Mm-hmm. Good point. So, Chloe... Um, and, and think about this, too. So, Chloe... Chloe Gargett gets this letter out of the blue. 24 years old. And i got to imagine, at 24 years old, they're going, uh, would you leave the house already? <laughs> you know? 
What's up with Chloe? She's an old maid. Yeah. She's 24. I, I gotta imagine, because her, her own mother had been already married nine years at this point. So there's probably a little bit of pressure. And then all of a sudden she gets this letter out of the blue from a charming 5'11", uh, sinewy, 150-pound uh, young man who's of good character. And has made acquaintance with, with her, her sister. sisters. Mm -hmm. And obviously they're not objecting to this at this point. Right. Or else they would have said, nah, you don't want to write to her. Whatever. Yeah. But so she replies back, right? Yeah, there's, uh, uh, there's a couple replies. And it looks like on April 8th, there was a reply. It was a... April 8th is a reply to the to, March 30th letter. It says, uh, well, yeah, it could be. <laughs> so, Miss Elizabeth. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I don't Miss, know why it says Miss Elizabeth if her name's Chloe. Oh, so she wrote back, Miss Gargette. Bye to the letter. I think it's, he couldn't call her Chloe because that's a little too formal. Is her uh, name Elizabeth? Or is this just poor uh, reporting? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Elizabeth. I wonder, is, is her name Elizabeth Chloe? Maybe it's Elizabeth. Chloe Elizabeth or something. It could be Elizabeth Chloe. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, you never see really uh, daughters named after their mothers. But back then, it was common. That's right. Maybe her nickname was Chloe or middle name. But Maybe. But he's referring to... Well, it's not that strange because I have uh, Penny refer to me as Commodore. <laughs> Commodore 64? Just Commodore. <laughs> <laughs> and don't make eye contact. <laughs> I'm just carrying over what the forefathers had. So, so actually, this is something he wrote back to her because, oh, this is from him to her mm -hmm. on April 8th. So within a week... Really, eight days or nine right, days. Right. They she has written back to him. Yes. And he's writing to her again. I cannot send you a letter from my house <laughs> in Toledo and get back to you in four so days. So March thirtieth, he writes to her yeah. a letter of introduction. Gives it to the guy in the Pony Express. <laughs> go, go, man. Get this to Richfield. Post haste. <laughs> Where's Richfield? East. <laughs> Go east. You go east until you hit the lake, and then go south until you find the until most beautiful you find land. the most crooked river. <laughs> then you've gone too far. Go back about a day. So he sends her a letter, dated April eighth. So this is from him, Miss mm -hmm. Elizabeth. I received your welcome letter and must say that there is an air of straightforward sincerity that I like about it. About it that I like. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Uh, he did like not dangle his participle, yeah, right. just like you did. <laughs> I did not request you to send me or tell me of your looks, mm. for deeds and actions are much preferable. Mm -hmm. Although good-looking ladies in general are very attractive indeed. Well, of course they Some are. Some things never change, Matt. Mm -hmm. I am it, always... It's another way of saying, I don't care about your personality. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always J.H. Hunter, every day alike... Can do business with any man, mm. have not a great deal to say in general, only right. when necessary, and too bashful to keep company with the ladies in public. Oh. There is not a man or woman who can say anything against my character, therefore I can keep respectable company. Mm -hmm. Now, Miss Gargette, I do not wish to correspond with you for mere pastime, for I have come to 
that time of day to leave such foolishness aside. Mm -hmm. I do not know whether you want to get a companion for your future prospect or not, but I know it is the case with me. And there is one more thing I have to say. If you want a man with plenty of property, you won't fancy me. Mm -hmm. You're saying I'm a poor man. I want some person to save for me, and then I can have a home. I really would like to see you. I am sure we would have a good long talk. I, I never was married nor promised to be married, for it is only of late that I took the notion as I was afraid of getting on the bachelor's list. Yours unchangeable, J.H. Hunter. So, originally John H. Hunter, signed J.H. Hunter now. He's laying out there that he's looking for a prospect of matrimony. And in one week's time, he's saying, how about it, baby? Yeah. I don't have any money. I don't have any property. But, but I, I have great character. And I'm shy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be a, a bachelor forever. Right. I want to stop the rumors. <laughs> <laughs> so she writes back, Matt. She writes back in five days' time. Mr. J.H. Hunter, how happy I was tonight to receive your ever-welcome letter. It came very unexpected, for I was not looking for one until Saturday. Although I was thinking of you and wishing it was Saturday. How I wish you were here by my side, for I think you know we would have a good visit. You remarked that you did not know whether I wanted a companion or not. If I could feel sure that he loved me, and one in whom I could have confidence to go for advice and reason, I should be most happy to win the hand and the heart of such a man. And believe me, John, <laughs> you have a Chloe who you can trust. Think of me that thinks of thee. Oh, jeez. Yours truly, C.E. Gargett. She's saying, game on. And C.E., maybe Elizabeth's her middle name. There you go. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So, Hunter, uh, they wrote back and forth a little while. Mm -hmm. And April 25th. And so you can see, it's, it's escalated rapidly. Right. He said, "I'm look. Uh, maybe you want to maybe get married," and she says, "I'm I, I'm open. Yeah, I'm cool. Why don't you come down and visit?" Yeah. So he's he he corresponds and says, "Well, what's what's you know visit, and if we could never get married, if we decide after the visit, mm -hmm. we can always be friends, etc." Sure. And you know, she replies in, in late May. 1870 my dearest good friend expressing great affection for him and said that she had never found one in whom she could place such perfect confidence that her love for him increased at every letter received from him that she loved him that he had her whole heart etc 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 she would stand by him mm. in prosperity and in adversity expressed the hope that they should soon be united was sure that they would agree closed by hoping that he would accept these few lines from one who trusted only in him. So this is May 28th. 
So the first letter is March. So basically, in two April. Months. In two months' time, she is in love. And she's only written two letters back and forth with the guy, right? Well, it seems like there's more than that. Uh, but they've never met. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know about you, Matt, but <clears throat> I, I've met people off the internet who don't look like they said they look like. <laughs> well, Scott, that picture of me was taken when I was younger and the lighting just was perfect. So, excuse me. So, the, you know, in June, she writes a huge, gushing missive to him. And this thing is like, oh my God, Matt. It goes on and on. There's words in here. My dearest John, your affectionate letter tonight caused me to shed tears of both joy and sorrow. I wept for joy to think I had at last found the one who I believed loved me for myself alone. Why Why do you think, uh, do you think there were other suitors in her past who loved her for some other reason? Her parents... Cattle Kingdom? <laughs> right. The Dairy Empire that the Gargettes were establishing off Hawkins Road. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does make pause, give one pause to wonder, was this language that she had read? Obviously, she you read through what she's writing here. She's very influenced by the, the Romantic period. And I, I do think that she got swept up in the idea of this suitor from afar. And here is where... It seems like there's been some turn by her sister Orpha because she references, you may wonder why I shed tears of sorrow over your dear letter. It was on account of what Orpha said. Oh, dear John, how could she be so cruel? But it will make no difference with me whether she thinks I could do better or not. Perhaps I could marry a richer man, but if I did not love him, what comfort would my husband or his money be to me? Not any I do not care what Orpha says or anyone else in regard to your wealth, for I know I shall never find a better man than you are. Mm-hmm. Those may marry for property that wish to. John, I am crying when I think of Orpha's remarks. So what Orpha said? What did she say? But she she goes on to invite him mm-hmm. to the Richfield Fair this fall. Which is, I guess, I don't know if that was an annual thing back then or just a big gathering that was planned mm-hmm. in, uh, <clears throat> in the fall of 1870. And she invites him down and he agrees to make the trip down uh, in October. I guess the fair happened in October. Uh, but there's several letters uh, between then and now and Miss Gargett in August of 1870, my ever-beloved and intended husband... It's a done deal. ...and repeats all the things she's already said, you know. These many endearing <laughs> expressions that she's already stated. You will always be sure of your pet Chloe, whether you're rich or poor, for I will never forsake you as long as my life is spared. Mm. A sweet goodnight kiss from your pet... Chloe E. Gargett. That's just... They've, they haven't met. Right. She has wrapped up into this fellow who is her own sister has said, you can do better than this guy. 
Right. And you, you do have to wonder, well, did she say... What, what was this guy doing uh, for the I Dargetts? think he, he was, was like, painting or something, is right. what I've gathered. All right. He was working at her home, at Julia, not Julia Stiles. <laughs> at Mary, Mary Stiles. Stiles, yeah. Julia Stiles is the actress, right? Right. Maybe he was working there. <laughs> but eventually, he agrees to come to Richfield, and on October 20th, Hunter visits... Miss Gargett at the home of her parents where he was well received by the family, hospitably entertained and created such a favorable impression that after a sojourn of some three or four days, he left Richfield as the acknowledged suitor for Miss Gargett's hand. Mm. The acknowledged suitor. So what does that mean? That's immediately, hey fellas, she's off the mark. She's, she's, they're going to get married. But I, I got to But he goes one. back to Michigan, to right. Elm Hall. Yeah. And this is where things turn. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he receives a letter and uh, from her and notices about a month after he leaves Richfield, so this would be late November, that there's a marked coolness that seems to pervade Chloe's letters that causes him to write on December 6th this to her, Miss C.E. Gargett, Dear Chloe, as I must still call you, it is with no small amount of bitter grief or sadness that causes me to sit down and answer your letter of November 27th, which I received this evening. By the way you wrote this last letter to me so cold, I thought I would answer it at this time. But no coldness has of yet reached the heart of the boy who loved you as his own soul. I am so full of grief tonight. I am almost, I am almost down sick. Oh, Chloe, I loved you dearly. In the light of that your love appears to be in your last letter causes me sadly to lament the day I first wrote to you. Oh, Chloe, don't deceive me. Come out in true colors and say, as you said before, I am your true or intended wife. If you don't, for God's sake, tell me. Let us part and have no more correspondence, for I might as well know my future prospects first as last. Mary has been telling me of Orpha deceiving me and her also, and trying to pick faults and bad meaning out of some things I should have said to her when I came back from Ohio. She found fault because I mentioned your teeth to her, also of your having a sore ear or head, and that I spoke of your not- I spoke of your not putting on as much style as her or Mary. Hmm. So he seems to have some... Some problems with her appearance. Yeah. I mean, Richfield style's no Elm Hall style, but... <laughs> well... <laughs> I mean, it's like certainly. comparing uh, uh, Paris to uh, Birmingham, Alabama. <laughs> right. Well, she, here he is visiting a dairy farm, all intents and purposes. Right. A working dairy farm. Whereas I imagine that the ladies of Elm Hall were established they women. themselves about with yeah. a sophistication. They, they were able to hire people to come and work about the house, like J.H. <laughs> Hunter. But if she takes that to herself, I think she would say nothing to you about it, as your style suits me very well. Also, Mr. Gee told Orpha he would not for $25 you would marry me. 
What does that mean? He would not for twenty five dollars. You would marry me. I don't get that. Is it a bet? Yeah, he so, would not for twenty five dollars that you would marry. Mm-hmm. Your brother James was to Orpha's just before she went down, and Isaac told him a lingo about us. Lingo. And he said he would write to you and put a stop to it. Who? So Isaac. I wonder if that is Orpha's husband. Okay. I'm guessing. I don't know. He's going to put a stop to this relationship. If you are... Well, I don't know. If you are to marry, to suit them all, you will break the heart of a true confidential lover. According to Orpha's say to marry. If you are to marry to suit... So if you're you're just going to marry to make them happy, you'll break my heart is what he's saying. According to Orpha's say to Mary, she was going down to try to break your promise. So Orpha. To try to go down there and tell her, don't marry this guy. Right. But if you will only prove true to me, Chloe, I will make you happy. I will make you a happy wife during life. What an awful feeling it is for either one of us to break that solemn promise for the false persuasion of others and make ourselves forever unhappy in this world so he's he's saying they're talking a lot of about me chloe yeah uh, let's not don't listen to them listen, eyes on me chloe eyes on me <laughs> i'm 25 years old but i might be 31 yeah for, <laughs> for a 31 year old he's very immature oh <laughs> <laughs> I am just one of the best boys on the top of the earth. The best boys. The best boys. But only a few know it. And that's just as I want it to be. For if you and me get married, we won't have to look to relations for a living. I hope for I for I hope for I calculate to do better that part myself. I guess he's saying he's hoped to improve himself. I calculate to do that part myself. Yeah. For a living. Okay. I am, if I am too fast in my opinion of all this letter, I beg you to forgive me. For as you said yourself, I fairly love the ground you tread on. And why shouldn't I? I will now address myself to you as usual, your loving and intended husband. Mm-hmm. which you cut off in your last to me also your first but I cannot do it you said yours in love etc that is played out well I must dry up as my paper is near full from your intended husband a big kiss for you as usual J.H. Hunter so what he's saying here is we gotta get together I'm losing you. Don't listen to them. Yeah. You know, listen to me. Something's Tell happening. Tell about us. <clears throat> so there's some rumors mm-hmm. that the sisters are spreading. Orpha seems to be a little... She's stirring the pot. Yeah, she's not She's not liking this guy. There's something about him. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I knew my sister was at home alone at 24, not married... You know, that's late back in those days, I think. I would think. I'd be happy if she found anyone. Yeah. Even if he had no money. Um, 
he could move out to Richfield and make a, a decent living. It sounds like at maybe on the family farm. Or yeah, but the way it looks like this, he's and he's he's bringing it up here about having to live off the relations. So I think that that's probably what his plan is. You typically find people saying, "Don't worry about this." Really, this is what you need to worry about. <laughs> So, so she writes back to him on December 11th. So five days later, Miss Gargett wrote, Dearest John, yours of December 6th reached me safely last evening, which found me quite well. John, you accused me of sending you a cold letter. For all accounts, I think I had good reason for doing so. I know it is not a very pleasant situation to be in, but it is nothing when a person gets used to it. John, why did you not tell me when you were here that you thought I had tried to fool you on my age and false teeth? Uh, I think he's the one fooling her on his age. Mm-hmm. I never tried to fool you on either. If I had, I should have accomplished my desire. And as for my taste and style, I think I shall always do in the future as I in the as in the past. Have one of my own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You say you had no fault to find with the material, but the fitting and making did not suit. That I hadn't nearly as good taste as Mrs. Styles or Mrs. Gee. So that is your mind on the subject, is it? Well, I can soon tell what my opinion is. I think the best thing you can do is marry someone, uh, someone of my tasty sisters. <laughs> For I do not wish a man for my husband that is more taken up with my relatives than with me. What I get from this is he was a kiss-ass to those sisters and just trying to you know, blow smoke up their skirts saying, Oh, you are so wonderful and you're so lovely and you're so stylish. Your sister wasn't nearly what you are. And it get, of course that gets back to her. Yeah, I mean I could see him coming back up to Michigan and mm-hmm. them saying, Oh, how did you, did you like my sister? Mm-hmm. Well, she's not nearly as as Lovely stylish. As I yeah. thought, you know, with the two of seeing the two of you, I thought, you know, a third, you know, you, it's the old. Uh, do you have a brother? Or, yeah. You know, yeah. I I thought that she would have your style, your grace, or at least a full set of teeth, like you know. <laughs> seeing as I was only twenty four. This is a <laughs> <laughs> Not Elm Hall, right? She so, probably got, you know, you never know what happened back then. And then, then, you know, they write back to her, especially Orpha. This clown is is saying things about you. Right. Uh, Cut him loose. Did, did you not tell me you had a false teeth? So he, the letter continues from uh, Chloe. I think if there has been any fooling on either side, you are the one that has done it. 31-year-old. <laughs> For I have never written one thing to you and told another story to someone else. What else was it but trying to deceive me when you wrote that you could not find a single fault with me and at the same time telling others that I had not near as good taste as my sisters? Besides John, besides John, you do not give a very straight history of your life. I, of course, thought it to be my duty to find out all I could in regard to your past life and I find that you tell different stories in regard to your parents etc so she probably googled them <laughs> right and, and, and looked up yeah. John H. Hunter mm-hmm. oh 
This this guy's been all over Canada. Who knows what he's doing up there? He's been in Hudson, he's been Peninsula. In Hudson. Oh man, and Gulf, <laughs> right? All over Michigan. He he's like everywhere. Right. He, he keeps getting run out of town. He, you know, it probably is what you can't establish anything in that town. Probably petty crimes, horse thief. horse thievery, <laughs> buggery, buggery. <laughs> A lot of buggery going on back then. There's Second biggest uh, crime. Buggery? In the 1800s. It was buggery. Yes. Jeebus. <laughs> really? <laughs> Get out of town. I got to leave town. They caught me buggering. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically, so, it was with this horse. <laughs> so she's finding out stuff about him. Yeah. And she's probably going down to Hudson or Peninsula, finding uh, people they know in common mm-hmm. and asking about Mr. Hunter. Mm-hmm. Hey, do you know a John Hunter? That son of a bitch... He buggered my horse. <laughs> he he said he put two coats of paint on my wall, and he only put one. Right. He said that he was 26. He was obviously in his 30s. And this guy. <laughs> I had to run him out of town. I had to run him from Hudson to Peninsula. It's like five miles. And he didn't even say, thank you. He just kept talking so, about my wife's style. There's apparently some things in his past and... Different stories in regards to your parents. So mm-hmm. something's up with his parents too out in England. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're doing. So I tell you, John, things look dark to me. I feel as though you had done your best to deceive me. Mm. I understand that you say you thought I had never been around much. I'm glad you think so. But if I have not, I am sharp enough for the most of you fellows every Time. Oh, what a burn! So she, she's, she's pretty. She's smart. been suited or uh, pursued, pursued, courted. courted. Thank you, mm-hmm. suited. Mm-hmm. She's been courted she's in the had past, suitors. and it sounds like she's been burned in the past as well. Mm-hmm. And well, it's probably as soon as she smiled and went, mm-hmm. "Oh, mm-hmm. I'm not feeling so good. I got to go home." <laughs> I had some doubts in my mind when you were down here, caused by the run of your conversation which set me to thinking and I asked some questions and of course they told me what they knew of you and I find that you have tried to deceive me the very worst kind and for that reason I could not write to you as formerly. I can assure, assure dear John it is no pleasure for me to write uh, you this letter for I had placed great confidence in you and expected to have you walk beside me through life. But I am very thankful that I got my eyes open before we were married. For John, we are much better off to part as we are now than to get married and lead an unhappy life. I, of course, have no doubt you feel bad, but no more so than I do, for it is not very pleasant after making the promises to each other that we have to have any trouble arise like this. I presume it will be many a long day before you or me will get forget the past. I know I shall carry it right written on my heart to the grave. Mm. Oh, John, this is a very sad hour to me. I can never have any more confidence in the men. Ooh. If I find you have deceived me as I fear you have. I'm thinking of coming up when Orpha comes home. So Orpha's in Richfield visiting. Mm. Probably for the holidays. Uh, if I do, we can talk this matter over. But if I should not come... If you think this is worthy of an answer, I shall be glad to hear from you. But, John, wherever you are, 
You may know I often think of you. This from your sad Chloe. So she's writing this. And, you know, uh, back in the day when you would actually handwrite a letter to somebody, you could really get thoughtful about it and emotive while you're writing it because you're thinking the things thoroughly before you're writing them down. Nowadays, you just type a letter, autocorrect, send. Yeah. Oh, and then you read it go, oh, I didn't mean to say that. That doesn't say what I want. That doesn't say how I... What I really meant to say was... But when you're handwriting, you can see her her emotions are going up and down when she's reading this. And she's truly... She was truly swept away by this guy and truly hurt. And thought he was the one. And you can feel the hurt in what she's writing here. I I really feel badly for her. I I feel badly, too. Or is it bad? I I I feel bad for her. I feel bad, too. Because feel badly means like... The way you're feeling, I'm feeling doing a bad. poor job. Oh, I have a stomachache. You need to, you need to feel better than that because you're doing a bad job of feeling, so that you feel bad. But she gets swept up with this guy without meeting him. Yes, which I think is mistake number one. Well, she sounds like a lonely heart, is what it is. Hmm. Well, like you've touched on it, a 24 year old, toothless, living at home, <laughs> you know, with horrible style apparently. Oh, terrible style, but good material. She just needs, uh, you know. Go through one of those uh, makeovers. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Like, uh, like, like was it Julia hunters. Stiles and She's All That? Oh, maybe that's what it was. <laughs> was, was she it? in She's All That? Or is it some other oh, girl? Is it The Ten Things I Hate About You? Highly underrated movie. Heath Ledger stars in that. Hmm. Yeah, a, oh yeah. Well, that's the one with the dark... Is that the one with the dark-haired girl? Anyway, She's All That's the one with Freddie Prinze Jr. Oh, it's a different thing. Yeah, okay. I, I think Julia Stiles may have been in that. But, All right. Uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll get some emails if I'm wrong. Maybe Julia <laughs> Stiles will write in. <laughs> Maybe. Or we could just look on IDM. Next time on South Richfield Presents A Tragedy in Richfield Part 2. Chloe does happen to go back to Michigan and visit Michigan with her sister Orpha. After the holidays. After the holidays, they return and Chloe spends the winter in uh, Michigan. First she's visiting with her sister, sisters Mrs. Gee and Mrs. Stiles in Elm Hall. Mm-hmm. And then part of it she spends with her brother James Margette at Alma, mm-hmm. which is about 10, 11 miles uh, from Elm Hall. Everybody knows that, Scott. Okay, I'm sorry to repeat that. (laughs) You infernal scoundrel, get out of the door. And as he did not move fast enough to suit James, Gargett kicked him out. Wow. She jumped from the front chamber window to the ground and ran across the street to the house of Mrs. Caroline Poole with the exclamation, Oh, don't tell him where I am. Chloe continued on to Mrs. Poole's, while Mrs. Poole herself continued on to the scene of the blood and crash. <laughs>